It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Doc Rob, your Concierge for Better Living here at CannabisRadio.com as well as iHeartRadio. It's another great week. Excited to be back. I'm really super excited to have my guest today, Dr. Mark Rosenberg. We'll bring him in in one second. But, you know, I just came back from Las Vegas recently, and it was a great experience being at the Marijuana Business Conference at the Rio Hotel. And I was there a previous, you know, last year, I think it was the first year. And uh, from one year to the next, it's been amazing to see the evolution of this industry. We have real scientists coming in and saying, we can understand this plant, these compounds, and more and more the applications to treat specific diseases and conditions. We've got better quality growing. We've got more. I was able to talk a lot about my USDA organic soil nutrient, jungle flora, because people are looking at better ways to grow the medicine, not just put chemicals and pesticides and whatever super growing material they can make it to get the biggest plants. They actually now recognize that you have to have some sort of quality control here if this is going to be you know, touted as medicine. But yeah, so this has been a great you know, first couple of days or so, weeks into November, a lot more stuff coming along. And you know, there's just so much information we get. And, and, and I get calls you know, every day. I've said this before. I get calls about every day. I was woken up actually at 5 a.m. In, in Las Vegas because people didn't think I realized I wasn't on the East Coast uh, with someone that's either family member, friend, uh, themselves, or so forth has cancer or a major condition or disease and they're looking for towards cannabis as a maybe not all in one solution but maybe as an adjunctive therapy. So we're going to talk about integrated medicine a little bit more today. We're going to talk about some of the science and research and some of the unique areas in cancer as well as, as it pertains to cannabis and without. And with that introduction, I'm going to bring in today's guest, Dr. Mark Rosenberg director and founder of Advanced Medical Therapeutics here in South Florida and beyond. Very well-recognized, Doc. Doc, it's great to have you on the show. We're going to talk a lot. I'm super psyched to have you. Thanks for taking the time today. Thank you, Dr. Rob. You know, we have a bit of personal history. You know, Dr. Rosenberg has been pretty much a savior for my mom's health, and I give him total credit on that. And I know he's a humble doc and won't say it's a group effort. There's a lot of different things coming to play, but it really – it's knowing that what's next and how to be ahead of the curve in different types of modalities and treatments. And first of all, let me back up for one second because you didn't just go into cancer. You're, you're an MD. You've done work. Your first training was what, in the military. How did you get into this integrative? I know you started in, in the traditional setting of medicine, but how did you get become more of an integrative, let's think holistically minded practitioner? Well, I, uh, I'm board certified in emergency medicine, and so I've been an emergency physician for, uh, got, I guess, about 27, 28 years now. And I started looking into integrative medicine back in 1997, and I started practicing. I actually opened up my own practice outside of the emergency department, dabbling, as I call it, in integrative medicine. But then I had a life-changing episode about 12 years ago. My mother came to the emergency department when I was working complaining of chest pain, and I diagnosed her right there with metastatic lung cancer to liver, spleen, both adrenal glands, and left hip. Oh. And I was amazed 
to find out that we really had nothing new for cancer, that we, with all our great chemotherapy drugs and our new drugs, that we have extended lifespan for most solid tumors by up to two months. And that's when I realized, my God, I mean, nobody's done it. It's time for me to get into this research and try to make things better. It's always a personal cause. I mean, even I tell people, many doctors or healers get into their practice because they had a personal experience themselves or family member. It motivated you. You're inspired. And I really believe in that. It takes some sort of inspiration. Hopefully, it's a positive experience, but sometimes it's not so great. But to, to create this change or to search for new answers, that's how I got into the healthcare field. I was sick personally and figured out how to get myself better. But, you know, so I know it's personal with your mom and you've done some amazing things. You know, I, I'm sitting here you know, this week planning my mom's 65th birthday party in January. And I, I look back and say, you know, early 2014, she was told by that traditional, you know, more of a traditional uh, oncologist, go home, make yourself comfortable. You got two, three months to live. And here we are, and I gave again a great, great thanks to you. And we had the ability to look and plan and celebrate her upcoming birthday, and she's doing great, as you know. One of the things that I've always had is personalized. My company is called Personal Health Design, so I always believe in a personalized approach. Can you talk a little bit about that personalized approach to treating these patients, and specifically with their cancer types? Now, we, we certainly could spend about three hours getting into this topic. There's a big problem with our treatment for cancer. And the problem is that everybody gets the same treatment. Every single cancer is unique to each individual. And the reason is, is because it's not just the mutated cancer cells, but it's the microenvironment within which the cancer cells live. And that's what makes each cancer unique. So the idea of everybody using the same chemotherapy, depending on your cancer, whether it's pancreatic or lung or breast, the idea of using the same chemotherapy or the same treatment is absurd because we understand that every single cancer is unique to that individual. And not only is it unique to that individual, but it's constantly mutating. So all the modalities that we use to treat cancer in an integrative fashion have to be personalized to that individual. It's been definitely the, the game changer for my mom and for others. I mean, you've helped other people I've referred and, and so forth, but it's that personalized approach it's supporting the body's health, the nutritional level, giving them the, the fuel that so the body can actually help in the process and heal itself versus overburning it with more stressors and toxins and poisons and not giving it a chance to, as I say, come up for air, take a breath and you know, recharge a little bit. I think when people look at my mom, again, as an example, you know, while she went through, she had some serious, you know, rapidly growing cancer in her liver with the other approaches we integrated with the nutritional support her vitality was still up so that her body was able she didn't suffer so much she didn't go deep into that you know weakened hole as badly as you know i think other other approaches so i think that was great and i know you're a big iv person i mean that's something you, you know how how useful has iv therapy or intravenous therapy been in helping your patients you know, certainly IV therapy is, is very important. Um, many of the patients that are sick can't, um, they can't take a lot of this oral supplements that we want them to take. Either they're nauseated or they uh, have early satiety, meaning they just fill up very quickly. So the IV therapy becomes very, very important. Um, it, it, I have a patient that I've been treating with metastatic non-small cell lung cancer who was given a few months. He's now 11 months out. I didn't even start treating him when he first came to me. I didn't even start trying to treat the cancer. The first month, all I tried to do was try to build him up, 
try to get him some nutrition, infusing albumin to increase his albumin and protein stores, infusing lipids, infusing amino acids. After one month of IV therapy, he felt good enough to actually start receiving cytotoxic chemotherapy. I think that's a big, a big point to make is because as you know, people say when they get sick, they don't, they're not hungry, they lose their appetite. And you know, the body has that kind of switch, you know, for using energy and digestion or digesting food itself, the normal pathways is very energy expending. I mean, you, 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 it takes a lot of energy and, and nutrients and other, you know, vitality to, to digest food in general. So if you can bypass that and go direct into the bloodstream and give them some, at least that base nutrition to get back up off the, off the mat, as they say, you know, I think that's again, a big part. And I, and I've been a big IV guy and whole food vitamins and superfoods. And, and I, I love that you incorporate all those things, you know, um, as part of your practice. As you said, you're MD, but you understand the value of, of good food and good nutrition and looking at all the different modalities that we can use to give the person the best chance possible for, and, and quality of life is a big part of that. So I know I, I still keep thinking about turkey tail mushroom. You know, that's just one of those things that you, know, you said turkey tail mushroom. And I was like caught off my left guard saying, of all things, you know, but, uh, there's clinical studies showing that it helps with cancers and specifically certain liver cancers, right? So, Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I want to get back and, and, and get into a little bit of what you've uncovered you know, in general so far about cannabis and cancer and what are some of those opportunities and potential that we have for that space going forward. This is Doc Rob, my guest, Dr. Mark Rosenberg, today here on your Concierge for Better Living at CanvasRadio.com and iHeartRadio. We'll be right back after this quick break. The Concierge for Better Living. We'll continue in a moment. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarterInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Carter Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The State of Cannabis. 
Oh my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Let's check back in with Doc Robb and the concierge for better living. Only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back, and again, this is a great conversation we're having. We're talking about cancer, we're talking about integrated health, we're talking with Dr. Mark Rosenberg here in Florida, and, you know, again, I get that call almost every day, it feels like. Someone's got cancer, someone's got a major disease, and they're looking towards cannabis now, cannabis oil, cannabis products, topically, internally, you know, for their treatment. And some, I have to say, reach out too late, like they almost use it as their Okay, I've tried everything else. Now let's do it as a last-ditch effort. And, and while cannabis, I believe, has some really great potential in this space, sometimes people are waiting too long. Doc, what, I know you're a researcher. So it's one of the you know your, your claims of fame. You've got some patents. You've done some great clinical work. But what is some of the research and what are some of the unique or cool things you found so far as part of cannabis' role with treating cancer? Cannabis is extremely exciting. And unfortunately, it's been ignored for far too long. It was actually news to me. Uh, I found out when I started looking at the literature that the endocannabinoid system is ubiquitous throughout the human, meaning there are cannabinoid receptors throughout the GI tract, throughout the pulmonary system, the cardiovascular system, the central nervous system. It is all over our body. And there is a reason that they exist. So we know that affecting the cannabinoid receptors affects hunger. It affects mood. It can affect your heart rate. It can affect your blood pressure. It affects everything. And what we did, what what is clear in the literature is that the endocannabinoid system is dysregulated in cancer. And so it becomes intuitively obvious that we can affect the proliferation of cancer by affecting this dysregulated endocannabinoid system. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you went that way. I mean, I, I love that. That's why I know you're always on top of it because that's, that's the true story here. It's not just about some plant and the comp- couple compounds. By understanding this plant better in these compounds and specifically our receptor sites in the endocannabinoid system and what affects their tone or their, their effectiveness in general, you know, that's the key. We look now, I mean, there's studies showing that things like meditation, dark green leafy vegetables, exercise, you know, all these things that we've already acknowledged as things that are good for us or healthy for us, they actually have an impact on the endocannabinoid system. So now it becomes almost anything like that turkey tail mushroom or cannabis or meditation or anything that we've seen that seems to be benefiting those with cancer. It's not just those substances, actually, it's how they impact the endocannabinoid system in those receptor sites, which to me is mind-boggling amazing and gives us such great potential for overall wellness, not just those with cancer. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of substances right now that you can say, we know this could help someone with cancer. But now it's like you probably have that secondary thought now. It's like, well, how is that also working with the endocannabinoid system, right? 
Absolutely. You know, we certainly in the in the pharmaceutical industry, we like to say one drug, one receptor. So we're going to block or stimulate a single pathway or receptor and try to get the desired result. The problem is that's not how the human body works. It is extremely complex. And so when you affect one receptor with a synthetic drug, you're causing downstream problems. So the endocannabinoid system is extremely complex as well. And, you know, we always talk about the body knows how to do what it's supposed to do. And when you can appropriately regulate or stimulate the cannabinoid receptors, you can affect complex changes that we don't know how to do. We simply know that affecting the cannabinoid receptors positively allows the body to do what it needs to do. So the whole concept of the pharmaceutical industry creating one drug, one receptor really doesn't work well. And it is so amazing to sit back and see a natural plant stimulating our CB1 and CB2 receptors, and it works outside the receptors as well. And we don't even understand outside the receptors. We don't even understand the complexity of how it works. We just know it works. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, we have a group, big pharmaceutical groups like GW Pharma doing research on specific cannabinoids and then filing, you know, what's called an IND, investigating new drug filing, and then let, which basically freezes access for the same plant matter to be used in dietary supplements and nutritionals while they're investigating it as a drug. I just heard that the stage three clinicals on GW didn't show very well. And I think not because the plant's not working or because the product doesn't work. I think it's because the scientific model for testing these things, for proving drugs effectiveness, doesn't apply here. You know, and it doesn't work. So like you said, literally one to one, it, there's so many variables and factors, just like cancer. You know, as I said, I kind of draw that in relationship. There's not just one magic bullet for one thing. And I think, you know, you got to use a tool belt full of, of, of skill sets to kind of address these issues today. But when you find, you know, one of the things I'm seeing with things like cannabidiol and CBD is that and even in low dose on a regular basis, this may be a great way to prevent diseases from occurring because we're supporting the body's natural ability to stay healthy. And I know you most of the time deal, like I said, emergency rooms and unfortunately late stage cancers you deal with all the time, things like that. But there's also in your minds that I know that preventative. And I think, you know, do you, I mean, I think you agree, right? There's, there's got to be a way to look at this, maybe reduce the incidence of cancer and massive chronic disease in general by helping the body. Absolutely, Dr. Rob. You know, the more we look into the endocannabinoid system and making different extracts of THC to CBD, we have just begun to open up the box. And the box is that we can affect probably every behavior, every mood, every disease by appropriately affecting the endocannabinoid system. It's so simplistic, yet Obviously, we still have a long way to go to fully be able to understand or how to use it properly. But the basic premise now of how to stay well goes back to almost that yin-yang, you know, parasympathetic, sympathetic, this duality or this, you know, left and right, this homeostatic balance that we try to accomplish. And it comes down to, and it's almost to a raw simplicity, that this endocannabinoid system is that pendulum. You know, when you get that to be harmonic, like I tell people all the time, they, you know, someone says, oh, I'm bipolar, and I believe everybody's bipolar. It's just how far is that pendulum of poles swinging for you? You know, it's like if you can keep it in that normal, you know, central range, 
you're going to be overall well. And I think that that's kind of the roles we have here with the endocannabinoid system and the possibilities and potential. And again, there's so many other things you use in practice, uh, everything from simple minerals like magnesium to other herbs, green tea, and mushrooms. And I think they're all going to have to go back to how does this also impact our endocannabinoid system? Absolutely. And Dr. Rob, you, you hit a, a very important point. And what you're talking about is, is using the cannabinoids for prevention. Cancer has really become a pandemic throughout the developed world, and it soon will be taking over cardiovascular disease as the number one cause of death in the developed world. And I don't think that, you know, certainly our, our out armamentarium of tools in the conventional world have not significantly improved. In other words, mortality is not going down for most cancers. And I think our only hope is to do good prevention. And although a lot of the work with cannabis is looking at treating disease, uh, meaning cancer and advanced stage cancer, I think we really need to spend a lot of time looking at prevention as well, because our greatest hope for cancer is not to treat it, but to prevent it. Right. And I mean, they're starting to see studies like this now, like those that are long-term cannabis users have less likelihood of getting type 2 diabetes, have better metabolic, you know, less likely of getting metabolic syndrome, have, you know, better waistlines and things like that. They're overall, because it's an adaptogen. And so it's helping your body adapt to life stresses, just like astragalus and, and ashwagandha and rhodio and all those other herbs. And, and with that, you know, I'm not saying it's the answer to all things, but we, when we understand why it's helping us, which is what the science is starting to open up to, and I believe that our first step in this country is going to be legalizing it medically across the country and allowing states to approve it or not. But once we do that, now you'll have the ability for more research in universities and doctors and more clinical studies, and I think that's going to start to really speed up this cannabis-based therapeutic model that's going to be the future, I believe, of our medical system. It's great stuff. We're going to take one more break. I want to come back because while you say that we need to focus on prevention and cancer is growing, I think there already are a lot of, I want to say, cures or things that are able to help us with cancer and overcome it today. And yet, we're not giving access to it or even being informed about it here in the States. And, and I want to just kind of touch on that briefly. I know you've had some experience. I don't want to go too deep, but when you come back, let's talk a little bit about that. Don't go anywhere. We'll this is Doc Rob, amazing guest today, Dr. Mark Rosenberg, here on CanvasRadio.com. I'm your concierge for better living. Be right back at this quick break. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. 
We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer, Dr. Dina shares never before heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on this final little segment of today's podcast. It's been amazing. There's a lot of great information here. And, you know, information is key. I've always been about educating people on new products, new ingredients, new studies. I've referred a lot of people over to, you know, the, the testing center in California, you know, because, you know, doctors who didn't even know about that for more specificity to what kind of cancers are. And we'll go into that maybe another time or offline. But, you know, the reality is there's a lot of things, I think, out there that can help us today with our cancer epidemic or pandemic. And I look at, they say that Cuba has had a cure for lung cancer for many years. And they say there's a, a, a molecule or compound called GCMAF that's being shown to stimulate the immune system and help to recover people with both cancer and autism. But yet, this information is only being brought out by a handful of, of researchers or doctors, and most of them are those willing to go against what they were informed to do, meaning the mainstream pharma industry and medical system, I don't think wants us to know how to cure this cancer or how to treat these diseases. I know you've had some experiences. You don't have to go into too much depth, but, you know, is it true? I mean, we have so much ways. Look at um, cannabis was stifled for, what, 30, 40, so many, 80 years to where we could actually start using it again as medicine. And for what reason? Because it competed with another industry's business model. And I think, I mean, do you have any experience with that, Doc? Well, unfortunately, everything we do in this country and, you know, uh, for most of the developed world is usually financially based. And if it doesn't make financial sense, then generally it's not going to be explored. So, yeah, I mean, you raise a great point. There are many, many weapons out there that need to be explored, need to be studied. But the unfortunate truth is it costs a lot of money to do good studies. And not at all that I'm defending the pharmaceutical industry, but from their standpoint, they'll say, look, you know, there are a lot of exciting substances out there that are not even synthetic drugs. I mean, these are natural substances, but it may cost us 15, 20, 50, $100 million to study it. Now, we're willing to study it if we can make the money on the back end. The problem is with many of these natural substances, they can't recoup their money. So, you know, we know many natural substances that are a whole lot more effective than synthetic pharmaceutical substances. But the conventional doctor will say, prove it. Show me the placebo controlled double blind trial. And right. the answer is always, well, I can't. I have a lot of anecdotal cases, but nobody is going to fund that study. So we have a problem that is inherent to our system. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, that's – but then again, I, when I first started researching heavily into cannabinoids, my first thing was safety, you know, toxicology, safety, 
and so forth. Now, we're seeing that cannabinoids do have an effect on the liver. They do have an effect on the P450 enzyme pathway. You know, but, but that's something we need to be learning more about because there's some safety issues there to take the wrong medications or do some, some contraindications. But on the other hand, we see that the same pathway, these same receptors, allows a person to use less opioid-based medication and get same or better results when integrating cannabis with it. So, yeah, I agree, but you know, it should always come down to, I think, safety first. And unfortunately, even the current pharma research model, we've seen too many drugs you know, get through the system, pass FDA approval, and then a short time after that, be pulled off the shelf because it's done some serious harm and it's been dangerous. Obviously, this is where we're going now. More and more doctors and scientists are trying to research cannabis and seeing that it's been around for thousands of years and used safely. I see that this is going to give us hopefully the opportunity to change the model. I mean, even I think what the people from JAMA came out and said that many of the peer-reviewed journals were erroneous. They had mistakes, so they were, their research results were biased. So, I mean, even the top research and clinical studies may not always give us you know, the best end product to use sometimes nature or sometimes just historical applications. And I hate saying it, but sometimes you just got to take a shot. You know, what, what else you can do? Just go home and say you got two, three months to live or give something innovative or unique a shot to, to work. So I'm always grateful for you pushing, researching, looking for new answers, new ways to help your patients, new ways to educate doctors, which I'm excited next month to, you know, go out to an integrative conference that I attend every year and, and, and learn more about you know, what you've studied and what you've found. It's something really great. I, I really am excited for you that you're, you know, to, that you're part of this cannabis movement. I, I knew you'd be to some degree because it'll help your patients. And that's for you, as my experience is that's all you care about really is helping your patients, number one. And I, I really applaud you for that. I really want, thanks for the time today because I know you're a busy guy helping a lot of people. And I think it's really important. So I really thanks, Doc. Thank you so much, Dr. Rob. It's like you said, it's about helping people. And, you know, certainly just like you, my goal is to do whatever we can because, you know, unfortunately, disease affects us all. And, you know, it used to be when you and I were growing up, it was just the elderly, the very elderly who got real sick, who got who got cancer. And unfortunately, it's a whole different world now. And cancer is affecting the young as much as the old. Yeah. And I got a call just the other day, a 38-year-old friend my age with, uh, you know, late stage th- thyroid cancer metastasized to the brain and lung. And, you know, but they're also in a stage where they're just, you know, looking for help. And we're going to keep on giving them information. We're going to keep on getting that out there to other doctors, make the research more available to people, inspire them to stay healthy, prevent disease, support your immune system, eat well. And uh, again, search out doctors like Dr. Rosenberg who care, who actually are trying to make a difference, not just make a car payment. And I really appreciate it. Again, thanks so much, Dr. Time. Do you have a website or something that you want them to check out? Any information that, you know, for you that you want to tell our listeners about? Sure. They can go to my website, amtcare.com. That's A is in Apple, M is in Mary, T is in Tom, care, C-A-R-E, dot com. Great. I'm sure they have a lot of information to find there. It's always good to know you. And again, appreciate your time. We'll be talking soon. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living here on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks again, my guest today, Dr. Mark Rosenberg from Advanced Medical Therapeutics. Thanks to CannabisRadio.com for having me on this network. It's been great so far. Looking for great times ahead. I wish you all the best in health and happiness.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.